Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Happy New Year. Yay. Woohoo. Okay, so I have no one else in the world does these things uh, but Americans. Oh, all right. I love these. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I worked as a cashier in a touristy area of Paris. I always recognized Americans immediately because they were especially friendly to me and they always left tips. Oh, that's nice. That's a good one. Yeah. This one I feel a little bit too much. (laughs) An Italian told me that Americans walk confidently in the wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we totally do. I, that's hilarious. I'm gonna own this bitch. Hell yeah. I might be wrong, but I look confident. Uh, they ask, How's your day going or how are you doing in completely random circumstances? That's another nice one. What do they mean, random circumstances? Like, just randomly, how you doing? Oh, you know? Well, yeah, we're being nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They always order ice in their water. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't? <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't you? Makes it better. They always look cheerful and are constantly smiling and looking happy. Tourists from other places appear more neutral or even unhappy. That's another good one. Yeah. Uh, they ask, so what do you do right after meeting someone? It's not a faux pas or anything, but it's just something that seems to be more important to Americans. It's an icebreaker. We don't have anything else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could be like me and just don't say anything at all. (laughs) Yeah. And Uh, then everyone feels awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward silence for everyone. (laughs) Uh, They drive from one shop to the next, even if it's only a 50-meter walk. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean walk? We don't do that. I'm not going to (laughs) walk. Uh, when I lived in Europe, people said only Americans eat while walking. If I was eating a bagel or something on my way to work or class, multiple multiple people would think I was American. People in Europe and those, you know, other places, they think it's weird to move and eat. Like, they sit and they eat and they enjoy it. Like, even coffee and stuff, they... Like, that's the time to relax for them, I think. Well, I think, too, a lot of, and I don't know for sure because I'm not like a world traveler or anything, but the impression I get is that in some of those other countries, they're not as... Um, Busy? Yeah. 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 They they take more time to relax and stuff. And they do. We, we just can't do that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Uh, tipping. Americans will try to tip everyone, even in countries where tipping isn't a thing or can even be considered insulting. Oh. Yeah, you really should do some research before you travel yeah. and see what their culture is. You wouldn't does. have to worry about me tipping. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm always like, should I tip them? Because I really, I, I don't know. I have this thing, okay? So, it's and it's starting to happen a lot. Go to fucking Subway. Oh, they leave tip cups out. Yeah. They're yeah. asking for fucking, um, no. Yeah. I had to walk up to the counter, <laughs> tell you what I wanted. 
Yeah. You did not bring it to me. No. I went to you. Therefore, you do not get a tip. Yeah. Is that, I mean, am I the only, I just said something about I, that to Chris. And I agree with that. She, I think she tips everybody. There. Well, if but, you, it, if I was a rich person, I, I probably would, but I'm well, not. Well, my thing, even if I was rich, I think it would still irritate me because when you tip someone, it's because they are going out of their way for you. Yeah. When you go to a fast food place, they're not going out of their way for you. You're you're going, you're walking to the counter, ordering. I think they've had tip cups in those places for a long time, though. Like it's, oh, I it's never been, noticed. Yeah, I think, I think it's always been a thing. I could be wrong. Now, I tip it where you're supposed to. Yeah. Like sit-down restaurants, I tip. Yeah. When I go to get my hair done, I tip. You know, it's... But, I don't know. But I'm not... No. You have to bring me my food to get a tip. <laughs> like DoorDash. I tip them. Yeah. They're bringing it to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, if you can sit on your ass and not do anything, then yeah. yeah. that's what... That's yeah. when you're supposed to tip. Yeah, I get that. Uh, this one is hilarious to me. They act so amazed by things that are more than 200 years old. Presumably because they don't have many things that old in the USA. Um, things that are more than 200 years old are amazing. Yes. It's fucking amazing. And if yes. you don't appreciate that and you live in that country, shame on you. Shame on you. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> because that's in, that, that well, amazes you gotta me. You got to realize, though, if they're surrounded by it, Day in and day out, it's just another thing. To I understand, them. but that doesn't take away its magicalness well, because it's so old. Like that's amazing. It is amazing, <laughs> and we are Americans, and that's why we think they are so amazing. But I to people know. that live there, it's not as amazing as we think it is. Oh, that's funny. Um, to quote a Latvian woman I met at a hostel. You hear Americans coming like the thunder. More often than not, if people are talking and laughing louder than everyone else, they're American. <laughs> mm. I get that. We are loud. Uh, I have heard that a lot. And I I really want, I wish I could. Step out of this. And, yes. Yeah. And, and hear us as a. I mean, if you think about it, like, think about going to a, a bar in America. It is so oh, loud. Yeah. Like Super and it's loud. it's just the people. It's people. You know, even if it's like a dead quiet place, like a restaurant and there's like barely music playing or anything like mm -hmm. that, it's still people it's loud. are yeah, yeah, we're loud. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm not, but most well, all the normal people are loud. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And in that situation, I mean, we have to, like, scream at each other for, <laughs> to hear each other. Uh, next one, they drink coffee in to-go cups. That's, like, n literally not a thing in a lot of places. Like, to-go cups aren't, not, like, you have to sit in there and drink your coffee. Oh, yeah, that's not. <laughs> mm. Um, I was once on a biking tour in Europe and there was one man who blatantly fit the bill. He had an unusual beard, 
huge white teeth, and was extremely friendly and a bit loud. He, he literally carried a jar of peanut butter with him and said that was the most effe- effective way to fuel up for his exercise. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> okay, very American, but come on. Um, American, except for pe- we don't walk around with peanut butter. Well, we walk around with water bottles that other countries think that's weird. Oh. We 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 bring stuff with us. Yeah, 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 I do it all the time. Uh, this one I don't get at all. In my homestay in London, I was told that I was so American for enjoying a piece of cake for breakfast. I'm not talking frosted cake, but a slice of coffee cake with nuts and dried fruit. Apparently in Europe, this should be exclusively eaten as an afternoon snack, whereas breakfast should be a savory meal. Uh, we're all adults. Let's eat whatever the fuck we want. Well, yeah. We want. And um, <laughs> waffles? So, well, we've Donuts. talked about this before. Like, that's an American thing. Pancakes? Sure. <laughs> Yum. Sugar for breakfast? I'm proud people. to be an American. <laughs> America. <laughs> get her done. When you get pancakes in the morning. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. You're just jealous. Because <laughs> I'm all big and fat. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still happy. <laughs> oh my gosh okay let's move on (laughs) uh when asked how far something away is an american will tell you how long it takes to get there instead of the physical distance and Um, i was thinking yeah yeah, we totally do that 100 percent. and i don't know about you but when someone asks me directions i'm like i use landmarks oh yeah i don't know roads i don't either (laughs) i don't know roads i don't know directions (laughs) yeah no i'm same way Oh, this one is weird. An Italian told me that he could tell I was American right away because I wore sunglasses on top of my head when I wasn't using them. What? Weird, right? Where do they put their sunglasses? I don't know. When I don't know. Okay. This one's funny. I've always observed that my friends from the U.S. like to point at stuff while walking and narrate what it is. <laughs> We were out walking around Amsterdam recently, and they were like, hey, look, it's a smoke shop. Oh, look, a sex shop. Look at the canal. (laughs) It was like watching Netflix with the audio description turned on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do that. Um, Someone asked if I was American in a group setting, and another person spoke up before I could respond, and he said, of course he's American. Look at his teeth. Apparently, most Americans get braces. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, believe me, you would want me to get braces. Well, yeah, like... My teeth were horrid. And why wouldn't you want to get braces? Like, it's a good thing. Yes. And this is my last one and favorite. They're not wearing Speedos at the beach, and for this, I'd like to thank American men. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh, yes. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and those are mine for the beginning. All right. This week, I did train conductors describe the creepiest things they've seen. 
That's very exciting because they go out like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. I'm a freight conductor. We hit a young lady walking between the two main tracks at like five in the morning. That sucks. But the craziest part was that I thought we hit two different people. The woman that I saw was white, heavy set, and in her late 40s. She was walking toward the train, leaning out in front of us. When myself and the brakeman walked back to find the woman, what we found did not match what I had seen. She did not go under the train, so she was mostly in one piece. We found a Latino woman who was very thin. What? I later found out she was in her early 20s. Now, I thought I was crazy, but the brakeman started asking me if we hit two people and described the woman in her 40s the same as I had seen her. Needless to say, we only hit one person. He and I were convinced that this young girl was possessed by some evil entity. The face I saw before we hit her still pops into my mind occasionally. It was evil, twisted, and full of pain. Holy shit. Isn't that weird? That is fucking weird. Oh my gosh. That's creepy. I know. My dad, who is a non, a, a no-nonsense man, came home one night after a derailment and was white as a sheet. He told my mom he met a man walking away from the derailment, which was in the middle of the woods. He didn't think it was too weird because some people check out wrecks and derailments. Anyway, my dad gets to the derailment. The cause of the derailment was a truck had been hit and then pushed by the engine. Now, none of this is weird until my dad sees the deceased man in the truck. It looked like a beat-up version of the man he saw on the way to the derailment. Oh, my God. And I don't think they could have put derailment (laughs) any more times than they did. (laughs) They wanted to make sure you knew it was a derailment. Yes. Creepiest thing I ever saw was in West Philly. Someone cut a pit bull's head off and stuck it on sticks in the shape of a cross beside the track. They stuffed fruit and flowers in the body where the head was and spread flowers around it. There was an unlit unlit candle at the base of the cross. Looked like some fucked up voodoo shit. Whoa. That's weird. That is creepy. That's a big animal to... Yeah. Ooh, yeah, God. that's strange. Usually it's like a chicken or something. Mm-hmm. Easy. I think finding a body that was hit by a previous train might have been the creepiest. I've hit a few cars and people before, but I never had to go back and look. That's the conductor's job. The person we found wasn't really identifiable as a human being, just a pile of meat. Mm. What gave it away were the scraps of clothing mixed into the pile. That's horrible. That is horrible. Awful. Oh, my God. The saddest... I'm sorry, people. There's another animal one. The saddest thing I see quite often is people tie dogs to the tracks. Oh, my God, yeah. Like fight and bait dogs. To anyone that that does that, get fucked. Yeah. I can deal with a lot, but hitting a creature that is stuck on the tracks against their will really bothers me. Yeah. Yeah, they can get fucked. Yeah, definitely. My dad works on trains in Northern California... Quite a few years ago, the foreman of the shop told him to check out the underside of the train and clean any debris. Wild dogs frequently get hit by the trains and can sometimes cause problems. 
A few minutes with a flashlight, and my dad sees part of a skull with long brown hair attached. Oh, my God. Turns out the train had hit someone from a nearby homeless camp that had passed out on the tracks. Oh, God. And the wild dogs kept getting hit because they were eating the poor bastard. Oh, my God. Oh, that's horrible. My dad was an engineer for a while. He was working at a station one day, and there was a woman crying on one of the benches. A few of the staff asked if she was okay or needed help, but she completely ignored them. Next thing they knew, she threw herself in front of one of the express trains. Oh, my God. They were finding pieces of her as far as the next station along. Oh, my God. That's awful. Awful. Conductor here. One time in the middle of the night, in the middle of winter, 10 degrees and a foot of snow on the ground, my train went into emergency. I had to walk the length of the train to see what the problem was. The train was right in the middle of a very small town. As I'm walking by one of the houses on the outskirts of this town, I see a guy standing in the driveway about 50 feet from me, wearing a trench coat and a sock hat type thing. The first thing that struck me as odd is that it was way too cold to be wearing just a trench coat. I shine my lantern on the guy, wave and say hi, nothing. The guy doesn't even move. I continue walking past the guy to the end of the train while looking back very often. I get to the end, turn around, and head back. I get back to the house where this guy is standing, and he is still there in the same place, in the same position. I don't even say anything this time. I just speed walk back to the head of the train. The next day, I'm taking a train back home during the day. I'm paying special attention to this house as we go by it. There is nothing there. The drive isn't shoveled. Nothing is there that could have been mistaken for a guy in a trench coat. I have since been by this house dozens of times, and I have never seen a car parked there or a light on or anything at all. Was that it? Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. A homeless person was found dead in a Hooper car, the kind that are open and typically hold grain. They figured since it was the summer, he wanted more air circulation and hopped in that one. Well, the car was filled and no one really looks in it while doing so, the body wasn't discovered until the car was unloaded. Oh, no. That's not good. I'm a rail- railway engineer in UK, and the holidays are the worst time for suicides. Mm. I'd been track inspecting the cleanup of a suicide the night before, and they've missed a few bits. So what appears to be a bit of a skull or a kneecap can be seen lying about. The worst bit was the smell. Oh, my. Probably the strangest, most messed up thing would be the time we hit a flock of sheep at at line speed 70 miles per hour. Oh, my God. No idea how they got there. Guess the fence fell over or the gate was left open. But the first I saw them was what appeared to be long grass covering the tracks ahead. (laughs) A second later, we realized they were sheep. So we start leaning on the whistle. A matter of seconds after that, and we're on top of them. Can't forget the awful, continuous noise it made. Nor can I unsee the bits of wool and guts on flicking up onto the windscreen. Oh, my God. The smell itself was horrendous, especially once the heat of dead sheep started cooking itself on hot traction motors underneath. Oh, my God. That is horrible. That is horrible. Oh, my gosh. I'm a conductor. One time, a co-worker of mine found a teenage murder victim whose pimp tried to cover up her murder by dumping her body on a remote-controlled locomotive track. 
Oh my God. That's awful. New conductor here can confirm that the people you see sitting in their cars near the tracks are definitely fapping to trains. We call them foamers. Say what? Fapping, I guess, means masturbating. Oh! <laughs> That's, I've never heard that before, but there you go. That's accurate. And they call, and they call them foamers. Gross! <laughs> no! Oh, what? What did I just listen to? Oh my god. What? I'm so confused. Okay. It's, I don't why I, I, Does the train, like, turn them on? Or they just go there because no one else is around? Or. Obviously, they are being seen. Oh, it so has to be the train, right? I, it has to be. <laughs> I guess. Oh my god. <laughs> my uncle was a conductor on a train that hit a woman who jumped on the tracks that decided to take her dog with her. Oh she god. lived. No. The dog didn't. Oh, you motherfucker. I worked on the, the signaling for the light rail system in Pittsburgh. We would do all of our testing late at night after revenue hours. Lots of wildlife around the tracks. As we were moving along at about 50 miles per hour, a white-tailed deer jumps out onto the tracks, and we clobber the poor thing. The engineer doesn't hesitate, gets on the radio, and tells Central Control to call Hannibal Lecter and gives the milepost. I look at him sideways, but he doesn't explain. (laughs) We continue our run into the city, turn around, and head back out the same way. As we come up on the site where we hit the deer, there is a guy in full camouflage on the side of the railroad, butchering the carcass with a big pile of steaming deer guts next to the track. Did I mention it was about 15 degrees Fahrenheit and snowing? Engineer gives a toot on the horn, and we continue with our run. Oh, my. (laughs) All righty. I work in Houston as an engineer, and we usually put put around the town between 10 to 20 miles per hour, slow enough for a naked person to jump out of the bush by a city park and start pleasuring herself in front of the engine. What? I guess she really likes trains. <laughs> what? I don't get it. I'm so confused. Oh, that's new. I don't get it. Okay. I don't get anyway. it. Anyway. <laughs> There is a routine here in Tokyo to deal with people on the rails. The government even charges a fee to the family of suicidal people given that they interrupt the traffic. Yeah, we've read that before. Mm -hmm. Some guys laid a bunch of landscaping stones and tie plates on top of the tracks for about 100 yards in front of their trailer park. We could see them all standing back from the tracks drinking beers and waiting. It was all fun and games until our 12,000-ton train started crushing all the stones and sending shrapnel everywhere. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that was pretty stupid, wasn't it? Yeah. People are such idiots. I know. (laughs) They really think that was going to stop a train? I mean, what was... Is that what they were... I don't know. Well, I think they were probably just trying to crush shit and watch it, but they didn't think about it flying when it got hit. I was working at a BNSF railway in Stockton, California, 
maintaining the cranes that pull cars off the tracks when a freight engine rolled in with front end a little caved in covered in red. The entire front end was covered in what appeared to be red bloody chunks, a paste left over from rolling through maybe a herd of cattle or a horde of zombies. I didn't know (laughs) what to think. I felt my stomach churn and my coworker turned green and heaved a bit. I asked the foreman what happened. He told me some teenager jumped out in front of it. Oh, my God. Later, I grew a pair and walked up to it as these folks were cleaning it without any sign of being affected by the sight. Turns out the train hit a stalled fiberglass trailer filled with tomatoes that was headed to the Hunt's Cannery in Oakdale. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Oh, and that was my last one. All right. Well, add that to the list of jobs I never want. No, that's true. (laughs) Okay. I have some creepy kids. Woohoo. First one, my youngest daughter has always had the fear of water that's gotten better as she's gotten older. But when she was a toddler, it would have been easier to baptize a rabid cat than try and give her a bath. (laughs) One night at around the age of three, I was doing my routine and trying to get her in the tub to wash off when she said to me, I scared of the water. It's how I died before. Yeah, the bath didn't happen that night. That's awful. It is. Uh, Not my child, but my grandchild. She was about three years old when her parents were expecting another baby. She kept talking about how she was so happy she'll have her sister back once the baby was born. The sister that died in a fire before. At the time, she only had one older brother, and they never had a sister, let alone one that passed away in a fire. Hmm. Interesting. A few months ago, my three-year-old daughter had the flu. After she was feeling a little better, my wife took her outside in our backyard to play. My wife was sitting on the back step, and my daughter came up and asked her if she could play with the little girl on our slide. My wife said, I don't see a little girl. And my daughter said, she's right over there on the slide. Can I play with her? My wife said, I don't see anyone. And my daughter insisted, she's on the slide and she is blue. Can I play with her? My wife, now freaked out, said, let's go inside and make a snack. So they did. For the rest of the day, my daughter kept looking, going and looking out the back door and kept telling my wife that the little blue girl was lonely. So Why is she blue? I don't, mean, I don't know. Uh, next one. As I was leaving for work, my daughter said, Bye, Daddy. Have a good day. I hope you don't get shot. Oh. And then went back to playing with her toys. Um, I think I'd have to call in that day. <laughs> uh, my two-year-old accidentally locked himself in a room and was crying hysterically while I tried in vain to coach him through unlocking the door. My five-year-old pulled me aside and said in perfect seriousness, forget about him, mom. He's dead to us. Oh, my God. I'm a little worried about that kid. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And maybe the little one, too. And rude much? (laughs) Uh, My three-year-old had been talking a lot about her other family, about how she has a brother, she doesn't, and how she misses her old house and her old mom and dad. So one day I'm humoring her and ask details about them and then ask, so what happened to them? Why aren't you with them anymore? She let out this huge sigh, looks down at the floor, and says in this really defeated sounding voice, they're dead. To be clear, she has no other family. Her older sister was adopted, so we wonder if maybe that's what prompted the other family talk. The other theory we have is that all the Pixar movies they watch usually involve some family member dying or being dead, 
but she doesn't know anyone who I woke up one morning before my alarm went off and my three-year-old son was standing next to my bed he then says go back to sleep and think about your life (laughs) (laughs) um okay next one my son used to say when he was younger that he used to fly around at night jumping from lamppost to lamppost in the neighborhood he's peter pan oh my god I don't know. It sounds like it. Um, That it was hard to get there because of the connection to his body through the belly button. I would have considered it imagination if it weren't for the fact that my dad told me that he had the same type of dream when he was little as I did. Interesting. Next one, I used to work with toddlers. We had one girl who got so upset at changing time, she would cry and say, no, the man is watching. When she was put on the changing table, she would point to the ceiling tiles. Sometimes the wind from the garden door knocked one out of place and say he was watching. Freaked all of us out. We all looked, but there was definitely no one there. We had to change her on the mat on the floor inside of the stall because she was so upset. We did that for the rest of the year. That's creepy. wonder who she was seeing. Mm-hmm. I was laying out in the backyard with my four-year-old son looking up at the stars one night. My son said, when are they coming to get me? I asked who? He said, my people, and pointed up at the stars. Hmm. Creepy. Does he mean he's an alien? That's what it sounds like. Hmm. I don't know. Next one, she started coming out with phrases that my grandfather used to use when I was a kid. She told me she talks to my grandfather and described him in detail, including his favorite shirt. She had never met him, nor had seen photos of him before that point. Every single hair on the back of my neck stood up at that moment. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Went to check my five-year-old daughter, who was asleep. She rolled on her back, still asleep, and said, I must not eat humans. Humans aren't food. Before rolling back over. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What the fuck? It's another alien. (laughs) My oldest, who was maybe two and a half at the time, told me she kept seeing an old man in our apartment. We didn't think much of it because neither my wife and I believed in ghosts and our daughter had just started having an imagination. One day we were looking at photos of my dad and she said, oh, that's the old man. He passed away a few months earlier. Aww. One time my two-year-old nephew just looked at me over breakfast and goes, are you broken? And I really just had to sit there and let that sink in. Like... (laughs) Yeah, little man, I am, but it's not something I'm prepared to discuss with a toddler over Cheerios and peanut butter toast. (laughs) (laughs) We're all broken. Yes, absolutely. I was playing around with my daughter, who probably was around three at the time. She suddenly stopped, looked at me, and said, We were sisters. I died, and God made me wait until we could come back together again. And just like that, she went back to being a little girl. FYI, I'm her dad. Hmm. That is crazy. My son had an imaginary friend when he was about three who was a little boy named Jody who died from drinking medicine water. There was a gravestone in our local cemetery from the 70s of a four-year-old boy named Jody. It's my opinion that my son had a ghost friend when he was younger. It's spelled like yours, too. What's medicine water? Poison, maybe? Hmm. Like that fake healing spring water that people used to Hmm. get? 
Uh, when my daughter was about four or five, she said, before I was with a mommy that didn't take care of me, so God took me away from her and gave me to you and daddy. Mind you, we are not religious people and she was not adopted. That gave me chills. Yeah. Yeah. My mom likes to tell this story. Apparently, when I was five or six, I told her that aliens had stolen her real son and replaced him with me, an exact copy. Someday, I would return to my home planet, but she shouldn't be sad because her real son has a good life in our zoo. Oh, God. <laughs> I did not expect that. Okay. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> So, either he has a really, really good imagination, yeah. or, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, new fear unlocked. <laughs> uh, my eldest went through a phase of waking up in the middle of the night for a snack. Odd, because she was a unicorn baby who slept through the night from two months on. She was about a year old at the time. We would bring her out to sit on the couch and have a bowl of cereal or some crackers. Every night, she would wave hello to an empty chair across from her and talk to it while she ate. This lasted for months. Then one night, she came out, looked at the empty chair, pointed, and just started screaming. Horrible, terrified screams. We took her to a different room and calmed her down. My husband took the chair out, and the next day we threw it away. That was the last night she woke up for a snack, slept through the night from then on. Who? What the what fuck? What did she see? I don't know. Who was she talking to? And why would it change? I don't know. That's creepy. When my daughter was around three, she had an imaginary friend named Mike. One day she said Mike had to go home, and when we asked where he lived, she said in the church under our apartment with other people. We lived on the first floor, and there was nothing under our building. Weird. Hmm. Ever have that feeling that someone is watching you? In the middle of the night, the only light was a dim light from the hallway. I have sleep paralysis. Seeing shadow spiders dancing on the ceiling while being pinned to the bed is not a completely uncommon occurrence. I reluctantly open my eyes to find a tiny figure, long hair streaming over her face, staggering towards me. I did the only rational thing and screamed, scaring the poor child that was coming to me because she had a nightmare. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Scared the shit out of that. <laughs> when my son was a preschooler, he would see a man in our house, and he was really scared. He described seeing the man sitting at the end of our bed. He had his hands over his face and was hunched over crying. He said sometimes the man would be in the hallway outside his room at night, just standing, doing nothing. He described the man as having ropes around his leg. Later, we encountered someone on the street with a cast on their leg, and he said, that's like the ropes on the man's leg. After I explained what a cast was, he started calling the guy cast man. One morning at breakfast, he was bopping around in a good mood. I asked him why he was so chipper, and he said, I haven't seen cast man in two weeks. Incidents incidents tapered off and the cast man was never seen again my son is in his 20s now and doesn't remember it we found out later that our house was built over an area that used to be an old hospital hmm crazy my then two-year-old uh ta- my then two-year-old toddling up to 1800 era's infant headstone plopping down and announcing mama de baby crying and pointed to it 
That is creepy. That is super creepy. Holy shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Damn, kids. (laughs) My four-year-old saw a dress I was going to wear to a wedding I was in and said, you should wear that when you get married. To which I responded that I was already married. They then said, no, when daddy dies and you meet someone else. Mm-hmm. A few months later, they were holding a new pair of shoes I had received and said, are you going to wear these when daddy dies to your wedding? <laughs> what the fuck? What the hell? Weird. When my son was two or three, my husband and brother were hanging out. It was nighttime and I was asleep. They said the baby monitor randomly started making clicking noises, like the noise from the movie Signs. Yeah. And there was some static. Suddenly, the noise stopped, and our son said, Oh, hello, Macy. Who the fuck is Macy? I don't know. That's weird. This two- or three-year-old? Weird. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, my father died when I was just 15. Fast forward 20 years, I was reading to my three-year-old daughter a bedtime story and tucking her in, and she interrupted to interrupted me and said, I knew your daddy before I was born, and went straight to sleep. Mm. That's kind of cute. You're at 13. This this is my last one. When my daughter was one and a half to two, we would walk up to my in-law's house. It was about seven houses down. We would walk past a drainage opening, and one day my daughter told me that walking by it always made her sad. I asked her why, and she told me, because the the little girl down there can't get out. She's trapped. Can I leave her a toy? A year before we moved there, a girl had drowned in a creek in the neighborhood that runs into there. My daughter, of course, didn't know that, and we found a very long roundabout way to get there from then on. Mm, It was it. It was. Holy shit. That's sad. And those are mine for the week. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty (laughs) wrap-up! I just did uh, funny little stories or whatever. Okay. So today as a prank, I made a sheet music printout of Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball, but replaced the name with Christmas Time Meditation and deleted the words, and I'm going to put it in the church music <laughs> to see if the pianist notices. <laughs> and then, so this was like a, I don't know if it was a text, I don't know what it was, but, uh-huh. and then they came back later. He noticed, and I can now add, yelled at by two priests at once to my list of accomplishments. <laughs> I would have funny. loved to have been there. For yes, that. that would have been fantastic. My dad is a cop, and I just called him, and he was like, hey, I have a 17-year-old boy in the back of my cop car right now that I'm running in, in that I'm running him to the station. That didn't make sense. And I asked if he was cute. And my dad said, hey, my daughter wants to know if you're cute. And the guy said, I want to say yes, sir. And my dad started laughing so hard. And that was it. (laughs) That would be super embarrassing if you were a (laughs) 17-year-old girl. (laughs) I really hate coming out, but still want my extended family to know. So my mother took it upon herself to invent the game guess which one of my kids is gay. (laughs) The rules are simple. Sit down with uncle so-and-so. He says something about gay people in passing. My mom says, there's a gay person at this table right now. Guess which of my kids it is. 
He looks frantically between the three of us, trying to figure out if she's joking or not, and trying desperately not to offend anyone, but also she won't continue the conversation unless he makes a guess, so he has to make a guess. We all enjoy his discomfort immensely. (laughs) That's mean! (laughs) When I was 12, I babysat this girl for a few years, and she would come to me and show me her art. Drag me by my wrists and point at the pieces she made during the week and she'd be like do the voice and i'd put on a sports announcer's olympic style voice and be like such form this level of coloring why i haven't (laughs) seen such perfection in crayola in a long time and what is this why jeff now this is a true risk it seems she's made a monochrome monochrome pink canvas I haven't seen this attempted since winter 1932. And I gotta say, Jeff, it's absolutely splendid. And she'd fall back giggling. At the end of every night, she'd check with me. Did you really like it? And I'd say yes and talk about something I noticed and tuck her in. She was just accepted into three major art schools. She wrote me a letter. Inside was a picture from when she was younger, monochrome pink. Thank you, it said, to somebody who saw the best in me. How precious <laughs> is that story? Oh, my gosh. Isn't that cute? Yes. Beautiful. I love it. I just walked past the apartment between mine, and through an open window, I could hear my downstairs neighbor crying faintly while the song Jolene played in the background, and I'm like, bitch, are you okay? <laughs> I actually ended up going back downstairs to check on her and brought some leftover cookies I baked this afternoon. She's very sweet and going through a breakup after being cheated on. She's coming over to my girlfriend and I's annual bad movie night on Friday, and she even let me pet her cat named Clarence. (laughs) My girlfriend thinks it's funny, but very fitting that our downstairs neighbor was able to summon a concerned lesbian just by playing Jolene while crying (laughs) about being done dirty by a man. So I came home from work today, and there was a Kindle addressed to me that I did not remember ordering. (laughs) I spent the afternoon trying to figure out how I accidentally purchased a Kindle from Amazon, and when I came back from hanging out with Catherine, I told my parents, guys, you will not believe what I accidentally ordered for myself. Huh, said Dad casually. Did you get charged for it? I spent the next five minutes checking my bank account and came back into the living room to announce, no, I didn't. Do you think it's a mistake? But it has my name on it. What does this mean? (laughs) It was around the time that I started to sound panicked. My dad confessed to buying it for me. I didn't realize the mystery of it would be so terrifying, which was very, very sweet and slightly unfortunate because yesterday I purchased a replacement Kindle for myself. So anyway, we now have a family Kindle. That's cute. (laughs) Me and mom were talking about the Kindle this morning and she told me about how a few weeks ago she got into her car. She got into her car only to discover that it had been mysteriously cleaned. But who would do this, she said to my father, who said he was sure he had no idea. A student? A stranger? Someone who broke into my car to steal but felt bad about how dirty it was? (laughs) Who? Eventually, Dad was like, honey, it's clearly me. Poor Dad just wants to be a man who expresses his love through silent actions, but his family consists of panicked, suspicious women who apparently are very sure that strangers will ominously do nice things for us. (laughs) 
honestly, that's something we have to worry about because dudes will think we owe them something. Yeah. Can't get gifts from strangers. According to the song Seasons of Love from Rent, there are 525,600 minutes a year. One line later, there are 525,000 moments so dear. (laughs) So doing the math, we can glean that there are 600 moments which aren't so dear. And I think I just used one of them by walking in on my boss who forgot to lock the bathroom stall. Oh. (laughs) This post did not even remotely go in the direction I was expecting it to. Yeah, that's not a moment so dear. No. So I went to the eye doctor, right? And I sit down to fill out the paperwork like you do. And the lady was like, thanks, doctor, doctor, we'll be with you in a moment. (laughs) And I was like, why did she say doctor twice? That's weird. But then I looked at the business cards on the table and his name was actually Dr. Chad Doctor. And I looked around and the other assistant caught my eye and just nodded like, you just had the moment, didn't you? (laughs) That's weird. <laughs> doctor, doctor. Doctor, doctor. I bet he loves it. Oh, yeah. I'm doctor, doctor. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 12 or 13, me and my extended family went on vacation to Alaska. We took a passenger train that was pretty much a tourist line, and they had a guy doing some activities and games and stuff to help pass the time. One of the things was he gave everyone a note card and said something like, draw a male moose. There's something specific a male moose has. And five minutes later, he picks up the note cards, winces, laughs, and goes, guys, antlers. A male moose has antlers. As he holds up a drawing of a moose with a giant dick. (laughs) He totally knew that was going to happen. Fuck yes, he did. (laughs) That is hilarious. <laughs> I guarantee every single person. Every single one of them. <laughs> oh my god. That is great. <laughs> I once lost my keys at a frat house. My drunk ass had actually walked home without them, pounded on my apartment door, gotten let in by my rightfully disgruntled roommate, and proceeded to pass out on the couch. Apparently, I puked in the toilet before passing out. I do not remember this part. The next morning, I schlepped back to the frat house. I stood there right in front of the front door. This was a novel experience for me. I'd never been at a frat house in broad daylight before. A boy, presumably of the house, asked me what I was doing. I lost my keys in here last night, I called back. I was seeing if I could go in and look for them. He opened the door and gestured for me to come in. Go wherever you want. I'd never seen a frat house post-party before. (laughs) Wandering up the stairs and through the halls, I was surrounded by hungover and still drunk frat boys, stumbling around in their socks and sandals and gym shorts, Seeking out food and showers like moths to a porch light. (laughs) A few of them threw puzzled glances my way. I'm sure they thought I was some post-bacchanalia. Is that how you say that? I don't know. (laughs) Hallucination. I entered one room where a boy was drunkenly watching some old Yeller-esque movie on a tiny TV in the corner of his room from his bed. 
Do you like dog movies? He asked, voice all mumbly from grogginess, and also from the fact that his face was squished against his pillow and half buried by his blanket. I told him I did. He mumbled again, pleased, and asked what I was doing. I told him I was looking for my keys. Sorry, I haven't seen any keys around here. I didn't doubt him. <laughs> 20 minutes had passed. I'd searched just about every bedroom and nuclear waste dump site of a bathroom in that house. I'd given up on ever finding my keys and was prepared to beg my roommate's forgiveness and get a new set copied. As I stood there in the hallway, silently bewailing my predicament, a particularly burly frat boy approached me. You need help with something? <laughs> I lost my keys here last night and I can't find them. I've looked everywhere. What do they look like? I'll put it into the group chat. He was already pulling his pulling out his phone. No one ever checks a group chat, I thought, but what the hell? It was worth a shot. Um, it's just a ring of keys. <laughs> they look like keys. The keychain <laughs> is a pink plastic cat though, like yay big. Like bright pink. You can't miss it. He nodded, presumably presumably typing his description faithfully into the group chat. All right, I sent the message out. Good luck. And with that, he turned and left. A few moments later, I heard a distant thundering. It come, it was coming from upstairs, and it was getting louder and louder. One assumes that how I felt in that moment was how Simba felt seeing the wild beast stampede through the ravine as a horde of large young men all thundered down the stairs, <laughs> making a beeline for me. Someone tell the girl, one of them shouted, faceless in the mob. Girl, hey, girl, we found your keys, girl. They circled around me. I hadn't felt that small since I was maybe 11 years old. One of them split himself off from the crowd. Are these? He pulled out a ring of keys from his pocket. Your keys? And lo, there was the distinctive pink millennial, distinctive bright millennial pink key cat keychain dangling off the ring yes i whispered oh my god yes <laughs> the cheer went up turns out he found them in the bathroom upstairs i thanked them again profusely there was a scattered round of no problems and then just as suddenly as they descended they all dispersed like ships in the night what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> what? oh my god that is Whoever wrote that was did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was great. <laughs> and that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, email us your stories. We need them. Goalsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook, request to join the group, rate, review, and subscribe. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.